Hello, everyone. It is once again that time for the Making Geeks podcast. We are the podcast for makers, dads, and geeks. This is episode 111, and we have our wonderful co-host here, Mr. Josh Price, Mark O'Keefe, and Wes Swain. How are you guys doing this week? Not too bad. What? Good. Started off better than it ended so far. My uh, hard drive, my primary hard drive, started crapping out on me. I had s- suspected it was um, not as well off as it should be earlier this year, so I bought a <laughs> four terabyte hard drive, expecting to swap it out, and then it actually started getting better. And but I did back up like the majority of my stuff on to an external drive as well, and uh, so I just waited. And then yesterday, right when I was trying to design a T-shirt and business card flyer thing for that air show that I'm helping run in Wyoming, uh, I finished my prototype kind of mock-up of the shirt. I went to lunch, came back to a screen that was uh, – it had just run scan disk on the hard drive. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's never a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that's not good. <laughs> The program that's supposed to repair issues, when that comes up, you know you have issues. <laughs> You're like, okay. So I restarted. Get, it took get that like pit in your stomach. 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes just to get to the desktop. I'm like, eh, okay. So it was just enough. I was able to drag some stuff off of the more recent stuff I was working on. And now I'm on a fresh install, which is, if you haven't done it in a while, Fresh install Windows is like the nicest thing. It's so snappy and perfect. Until iTunes <laughs> dirty dirties it up. I did not install that. I think it all starts with iTunes. <laughs> everything I think everything goes downhill after that. Now did you hear any kind of clicking or grinding? No, it wasn't that dramatic. Oh. It's still semi functional, but it bogs the whole system down when you try to use it, so it's it's in my PC but not connected. Uh, I just got tired. Yeah. He's old. But I did not realize when I bought the 4-terabyte that older BIOSes have a 2-terabyte limit. So that was fine. I was like, oh, I can only use half of this. Neat. Until I upgrade my computer again. Why can't you do the 2-drive trick? They said like a and d drive. You split it to two different partitions. Or one even recognize it, it w- to It wouldn't that. even let... No. Uh, that's something to do with like I don't know that's where I get into the more technical stuff I don't actually know it's, it has something to do with the way it the uh, the BIOS is reading the drive it's like an older format or something I forget what it's called but yeah you try to partition it it's just like nope got it so it just sees it as a two there's another trick you can do and maybe I'll tell you that later if you want I don't know if it'll work but we'll see have you, Mark? What have you been up to? Uh, I've started a schooling thing. Um, I started IT school. Or, I paid for IT school. And I'm doing the prereqs now. So, in November, I will be uh, in a six-month course. Now, when you say so IT get- school, is this focused on networking? Is it on... 
It's yeah, it's it's networking. It's it's getting the uh, the CSENT, the uh, CSENT network plus. I think one or two more. I can't remember because there were too many acronyms. But they're all, they're all the, <laughs> it's all the Microsoft certification, right? Uh, no, no, it was uh, it was CompTIA, Cisco. Was it Novell? If anybody no. remembers what Novell is. That it sounds familiar. <laughs> it, it, was, it was an old, old networking platform that used to actually have a, a pretty good foothold with uh, you know networking, but it's gone by the wayside as far as I know. Novell Netware or something along those lines. I used to <laughs> hate that stuff. Uh, yeah, start doing that. Went on an interview that I don't think is uh, going to pan out. So I start with my next cable job on Monday. At least it's something. Yeah, this is true. What? Maybe hey, Josh, what do you have to? I've been doing the the part of work I guess normal people don't like, um, especially working at I like to make up people think I just shoot video and like build fun projects, which is true. But I've been getting to do a lot of spreadsheets lately, which I really enjoy. You're so strange. Yeah. I've been <laughs> doing some, uh, some break even analysis to some cost benefit ratios and some, uh, quantitative analysis on stuff that we have and like the products that we sell in the store and the plans that we make and like trying to come up with, like definitive reasons like why we should try something new or what is working, what isn't working and trying to narrow the focus. And yeah. so I get to, I get to pour over data and figures and make graphs and it makes my heart happy. <laughs> so yeah, I, I think Bob got that. more than he bargained for when he hired you. What a hired man. This weirdo like spreadsheets. What the hell? <laughs> I love me. Like, <laughs> Tiff wrote me a message during the day. You're like, what are you doing? I was like, spreadsheets with like three exclamation points. And she was like, are you happy? <laughs> yeah, I'm finding out truth. Like, I think that's what I like about it the most. Yeah. Is it when we fulfill orders and we do stuff and people buy plans and you think everything's going great because you see like movement? I was like, well, is it really great? Or does it just make you feel good because somebody's actually buying something? Like, are you putting your efforts in the right place? Are things actually selling? Like, is something more valuable or far less valuable than you think it is? And so it's it's getting real answers and kind of takes the emotion out of things and gives you a real snapshot as to how things are really going. And since um, 4B, the, our editor and, and like graphic designer came on full time, he was talking about adding products like different t-shirt designs and doing a lot of new stuff since he has more time and so i'm trying to hone in exactly where that would be a good idea rather than like what we think would work I'm like well let's let's do some graphs and we'll figure it all out and i mean it's so yeah i'm a big dork and i super like spreadsheets and functions and conditional formatting and it makes me happy <laughs> see i like the part that comes after that where you actually get to look at the data and then come up with the conclusions. I don't like doing that, you know, the other work be- that comes before it. I like pie but, charts. But again, I see it as you you got to have a firm understanding as to where you are right now before you can make a plan to go forward. 
Well, I, I so, understand that. Yeah, that's what I'm talking yeah. about. Though. So we have the these like light blue get better every time shirts, and they don't sell. They don't sell very much because we haven't really pushed them that hard. And so I was able to look. I'm like, this is how much money these shirts have not made. You know, in a small it's, way, I want my school to buy all those and, and make that our motto. Hmm. I mean, and that was kind of the idea behind it. I came yeah. up with the, like, yo, this saying that you have on your welding table is awesome. Like, it applies to so many things. Like, we should put it on a shirt. It's not mar- we got really excited. It's not marketed to the right group. That's why. Yeah. We don't know. And that's what we're trying to figure out. Is it, have we not marketed it enough to the existing group? Is it not meeting the right people? Because I was like, people wear this at the gym. Like, but they just don't sell. So we have kid shirts, lady shirts, and men shirts, which we don't have in anything else because we were anticipating it being really great, and it hasn't sold. So I'm like, well, is it the color? Is like our audience just have an affinity to something other than a black or dark gray shirt? Or so I I put it out in a in a coupon code because I was like, I'm going to try to target market this thing real quick and see how how it does. And so I had break even numbers to see how many of each size we needed to sell so that it can you know finally start to pay for itself. I was like, all right, I'm going to do like a, a targeted marketing campaign for the shirts. And it paid off. So it was kind of cool. Like to, to go from raw data to fixing that that graph in an upward and to the right type way just by some nerdy graph work. Are you guys still Cold selling that shirt with the coupon code? No, the coupon code expired. Okay. But there's other coupon codes that exist. I'll, I'll talk to you about some of that later. Yeah, so if you yeah. want you one. Got, you got an inside man. You can get them. I make the coupon codes, which is kind of cool. <laughs> I, I'm curious about some other things with it. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. So Sure. If it has to do with graphs and analysis, man, I like taking raw information and then making it look all pretty and then making an informed decision, not just making like, a, I think this will be cool. It's like, well, supply and demand says this is cool. Mm-hmm. Hey, like you, a shout out. Sorry, oh. I'm Let's jumping on. I was just gonna say a shout out to the people in the chat. Uh, Donovan from the Beardless Man is saying hello. Hello, sir. What's up, Donovan? We will continue with our introduction. <laughs> he should be at Maker Fair soon. He was on TV, from what I understood. I saw that in the story. That was awesome. Oh, was he? Mm-hmm. He was on the TV, the green screen and stuff. Hey, he's a good guy to represent. So this week and and part of last week because I didn't even touch on I'm doing been doing a lot of what what Josh was just talking about um, for education each year the the back end of a lot of things that people don't see is we have to look at testing numbers and um, just different results we get from the previous year and then we have to make action plans based on that uh, for the you know this coming year so we've been doing a lot of that and then you know back to work full swing teaching. And it's weird because, and I mentioned this last week, I was an English teacher for 12 years, and now I am no longer an English teacher. And not only that, but I'm also department chair for my uh, my department. It was called the CTE department, uh, Career Technical Education. And it's a weird group to be in charge of because it covers everything from our uh, criminal justice and forensics program, kinesiology, computer science, animation, theater, video production, and I'm missing one. I don't remember what it was. So it's a weird combination of, of class and stuff I'm in charge of for budgeting and everything else. So, yeah, things are going to be a little bit different this year, but it was a good start um, so far this week. 
Cool. Did you get a feel for your class? Getting there, I have two full freshman classes, um, and they're a little squirrely like always. Then I have a class full of almost all seniors. They're pretty cool. They were most of them my students last year. And then I have the animation classes, which is, is just fun because that's still a huge passion of mine. You know, even though I don't do a whole lot of the drawing anymore, luckily enough, I learned things well enough in the beginning that I'm able to now teach it to a group of students who are interested in that as a pursuit. So yeah, it's been fun so far. It's only been four days though. Had that been a course previously or no? It started as a course, I think, two years ago or, or one year ago. I don't remember. It's fairly new. It's cool. fairly new. And the digital piece that I'm picking up, uh, there was some other stuff that happened that I can't talk about on air um, that kind of led me to taking over all this to begin with. Because initially I was only supposed to be teaching the 3D class. Because I'm the only one on campus that has 3D experience. But something happened that I ended up taking over all of it. Well, luckily, I had that other experience, too. Which I nice. should have anyways. So. Yep. All right, so should we just kind of get into it? Let's do it. I had uh, I posed a question earlier that I thought would make for an interesting topic. And it was simply that is there a career path or activity that you're against your kids doing or pursuing? And, and to kind of set this up, I'll, I'll just kind of talk really quickly about how this even kind of came up as an idea. I was watching a Netflix, uh, a documentary on Netflix I've seen several times called uh, All Work and All Play. It's a documentary about professional gamers, specifically with uh, League of Legends. And I was thinking that it's that specifically is kind of a, a growing market. It's now past a billion dollar mark for, for like uh, for like professional gaming. And there are colleges that actually have college teams now that are doing this competitive gaming. And I know that it's becoming a bigger and bigger interest among kids. And then I know that our kids at some point are going to be exposed to this and wondering, you know, not, not just this, I mean, we can expand it to anything, but, would we support our kids doing this if that's something that they wanted to do or we found that they had almost like a natural talent for it? So that, or, you know, is there any other career that you'd be kind of against them pursuing or activity? It's kind of wide, wide open, a lot of different areas, but thought it'd be interesting. Can we agree on like prostitution and things like that should be on the list? Uh, yeah, I mean, the stereotypical I, things that dads say about having daughters <laughs> and whatnot. Stay away from the pole. heroin dealers. The pole, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I think some of that goes without saying. It's kind of like you know. We're on the record now. Yeah. So our, <laughs> our kids can properly be disappointed when they hear this in the future. We'll have to catalog this episode for them to hear at a later date. Put down that crap, like kids. Your dad is not proud of you. I don't care how good you are at math. You're not dealing. <laughs> I got spreadsheets and everything, dad. <laughs> <laughs> I need to work on my distributions. Uh, <laughs> so like I can even give like a starting a, a more maybe relatable one is like my wife is really against my son playing football. Simply because of the stigma of 
of, of injury dangerous and all that new information that's come out about the head injury stuff. Um, you know, that, that would be like an example of an activity kind of against your, you know, against your kids doing as a starting point. Hmm. Wes just thought of something. I'm just laughing at the silence. Oh, because I could keep talking until you guys come up with something if you want. Uh, I, I mean, I, I mean, to go back to the go back to the gaming thing. Uh, is it that you're against the idea that that they could be good or should pursue that? I'm not saying that I'm personally against it because on that one topic, I don't know. I'm I'm really conflicted because I grew up doing a lot of gaming, but as an adult, I also reflect on how much time I I wasted. But that's that's a very adult point of view on that. Because that was a lot of enjoyment as a kid, and I probably also have to be honest, honest with myself, I learned a lot about computers during that time, too. Because I was pulling apart games and changing the code before it was kind of locked down and you know kind of encrypted. Um, but I, I think it's all you had, a, how you measure. Like, is it really wasted time if someone can make a career? I, I mean, I make goofy internet videos for a living. No, okay, so I mean, I understand all that, but as a parent, would you actually support that? Because it, you might have a better shot of getting into the NFL than becoming a pro gamer. I was thinking that too, like the statistically, like if it's as of right now, yeah, advantageous, yeah, or if it's just like wasted energy on something that might not come to fruition. That's a slippery slope. It is. It is, but that's why I think it's also an interesting conversation. That, yeah, and that could be said about anything. I think uh-huh. as long as there's a good balance and they're not so passionate on it that they neglect other duties, you know, like anything. But um, I mean, if they're really into something, I'm going to give it a fair shake. At least I'll try to. Even if it doesn't end up panning out, like, you know, you'll have your... Like my daughter is taking piano lessons now, and she's also in gymnastics, and she's uh, done swim team. I don't expect her to be Michael Phelps or any other high bar for each one of those pursuits, but there's still something to be gained in the the pursuit of it, you know, of being excellent in something, even though the end result, she's not going to be in the Olympics, she, probably. You know, she won't. Statistically, that's not a reason not to do something. So that should, I guess, apply to gaming as well. But there's this the stereotype that we grew up through that we have to maybe try to resist saying the same things that our parents and grandparents said about playing games. Like, oh, it's a waste of time. Those games are never going to lead to anything. You know, now that actually has a more chance to lead to something, at least in the professional gaming thing. But it also could tangent into other interests like mine, like, you know, computer animation or all the things that make up a game. So there's lots of different avenues of where that could go. So it's sort of hard to predict. Yeah. As long as, as long as it like spins off into other interests. But if you are like laser focused on being a pro gamer and even if you're really good, you know, what happens? Because there's always someone better eventually. In every single thing on the planet, there is always someone better. So somebody's going to come along and then you're going to, like, not be doing it anymore. What do you do after that? You know? So there has to be, like, 
like what Wes said, there has to be other interests, you know, like, okay, I'm not doing this, but I also learned a lot about, you know, computer hardware, or I learned a lot about code, or I learned, I developed a love for computer animation. So there has to be that other thing, you know, there has to be a diversification to fall back on. I've been to a couple of woodworking shows where I've had people that actually knew the stuff that I had done, you know, with it, like video game sort of related projects and that they had used the, their child's interest in games and not having any interest in making things and sort of use that as like an avenue back to making things to sort of get them in the shop and get them interested in making something that's, you know, cut for cosplay or prop making or just something you know, to store the games or something sort of related to that topic. So you never know where it can go. So I guess we're just that progressive that this isn't even that solid of a topic because we're, we're open to some different possibilities. Oh no, I think there's absolutely <laughs> some things that we would, we would say like, so we can be a little bit more opinionated. I mean, we're, we're, we're being fair and even handed, but which things we are. would you prefer let's, let's, your kids not pursue? Let's be too, let's be more extreme here. So we have something interesting to talk about. Look, I don't want you to do any yarn spinning in this house. That is a dead end job. All right. That's what crazy cat ladies do. That's right. <laughs> finger on it. Fall asleep for 20 years. It, it seems like um, it's such a weird time for some of this too. I mean, cause I remember growing up where I had some friends, parents, that were dead set against them, like studying art even. And so like when I was going through and studying animation against his parents' wishes, which is really kind of uh, severe for the culture because he's from Taiwan. So very strict culture where they wanted him to be a doctor. But this guy was one of the best artists I've ever seen. In fact, he got picked up by DreamWorks to intern for worked for EA for 10 years. And now he's running a game studio privately with a couple friends, you know, so very su- successful in the field, but his parents were dead set against him going to art and didn't find any value in what he was able to do with the art. Sometimes that can be the the driving force to be excellent at something that just to go against. I mean, really, I, I, I don't know if in, in his case it was in spite of he, he was just that talented, sure. or yeah. he is just that talented. My parents were against me going into anything related to computers, mainly because they didn't understand anything that I wanted to do or was trying to do but for some reason still ended up supporting me um, eventually. And that's where I think this topic is kind of difficult, especially nowadays and with the community that we're in where we can see amazingly successful people doing the most outlandish and outrageous things that I, I think if our children are limited by anything, it's, it's that it's us trying to tell them, Hey, that's not a good idea or no, you're not going to be in the Olympics or no, you're like, I want to be an astronaut. Like <laughs> there have been fewer people that walked on the moon like that, that have lived in this house that I live in. Like I, I literally shot for the moon and you know, on the way I didn't make it, but I still, like you talk about Mark with diversification, you make yourself marketable. And so if I wasn't going to be an astronaut, then you have other things that you can do. Um, so if you're going to play video games, that's great. Like, we'll do more than just play because then you're being a consumer and you're just a professional consumer. And that's, I mean, there's, there's people that make decent livings, like showing people on the internet what they got at the grocery store. So the realm of possibility or the realm of like what is successful is completely skewed. 
So I have a, I'm, I'm having, I'm struggling trying to figure out like what I wouldn't want them to do or tell them is dumb. Well, I, I'm because, not, I'm not saying we have to like, tell them, but we, we end up holding our own opinions and judgments for ourselves anyways. I'm not saying that we have to communicate this to our kids. I'm just saying, I'm sure that we all have personal preferences. I honestly have no idea. Okay. I don't know. I think maybe it, it, it's too young. They're too young. My kids are eight and four and two. But I mean, if they can take care of themselves and they can provide for the people that they need to provide for doing whatever in the world that they're doing and they're not hurting other people while they're doing it. I may not understand it or agree with it. Cause I'm going to become an old grumpy man. Who's not going to understand the holodeck or whatever, the new fangled <laughs> thing that the kids are on these days. Like I'm probably not going to understand what it is regardless. Cause even if they were like a lawyer or a doctor, they could try to come talk to me about lawyering and doctoring. I'm still not going to understand It'll just, it'll be as foreign as like you know, whatever the crazy thing is. Like, hey, Dad, I have a channel on the new YouTube where I plant seeds and I just take video of them for two weeks and I make a bunch of money. It's super great. I'm an air tester. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't think that could be ever be a thing. But if you're happy and you're taking care of people, then good for you. You're too easygoing. <laughs> well, because I mean, I'm the embodiment of that. I had a traditional route. I wanted to be an engineer and I was an engineer and then I hated it. And so living out the example of like you talk about your friend wanted to be a doctor or whatever. So like you could live out this very easy and pat on the backable route in life and realize that it freaking sucks and you hate it. Okay. But you, you, the you've, backable. Been, <laughs> you've been the embodiment of that for how long now? I don't know. Not I've changed long. my mind so many times. And then, and I think that's it. There's okay. So the, they, that's a good point. Um, but I think it goes back to the diversification. And if, if I chose to be a video gamer, there's so much more to a person than that one thing that you want to be. Like, what can you do and what can you prove that you can do? And so if I were like, if, you talk about being a, a Samantha going to like the dance class or whatever. And like, you want to be a ballerina or like, we just watched I Tanya the other day. You guys watch that movie? No, no. That was about Tanya Harding. It's a good movie. <laughs> so like her mom took her out of school so that she could like focus on being a, a figure skater. And then for a moment in the world, she was the best figure skater in all the world. Then her life came crashing down and she wasn't allowed to skate anymore. So she had no education. She has no special skills. She has nothing else in her world except for this one glaring thing that, yes, she happens to be the very best at. But in a moment, if you get hurt or whatever, you can't do that anymore. Then what do you have? She hasn't diversified. She hasn't proved that she is capable of doing much else. So that's when you're in a crappy spot. Being adaptable and being marketable in a bunch of different areas, I think that's where you need to look. Sure, I I agree. Let let me try to set up something else and just to kind of stir the pot because there's a lot of (laughs) There's a lot of instances where somebody is is dead set, they're, you know, dead set on doing something. They're they're passionate about it. They're putting all their time into it, maybe even all their money, but it's just not working out. You know, when do you, when do you give up? Well, not when do you give up. When do you tell them to give up? And I'll, I'll give you I'll give you one real example that I came across when I went to VidCon, not not uh, the summer, the summer before, 
Um, I was in one of the panels, and they were taking questions from the audience about their YouTube channel looking for advice. This one girl raised her hand and said, I've been doing YouTube three years, and I can't get any more than 5,000 views. And this was something that she was trying to push and do full-time, but it obviously was not working for her. So if that was your kid, what would you tell them? Give up? Try something else? This isn't for you? Well, I mean, I would tell them definitely develop a secondary skill. You know, you know, find something that can be, you know, profitable or at least make a living, and maybe make the YouTube a a hobby until you figure out how to break that barrier. You know, why aren't you? You know, look at look at the statistics. Look at your audience. Look at all. You know, get Josh to make you a spreadsheet. Figure out what what barrier you're hitting and then how to get past that. And then at that point, if it becomes significantly more successful, then lean more towards that, you know? I mean, I don't think anybody should ever, I mean, we've talked about that a billion times, never give up, but there are, there are times when you maybe back down a little bit and slow down and and regroup and rearrange and reallocate your uh, your sources your your efforts. I definitely think there's a, a self realization piece that has to be in place. Yeah, you can't be delusional about it. And I'll, I'll talk about even one personally for me after. But I think I interrupted you, Josh. Josh, I think you're going to say something. No, no. Okay. I would. I think it's like a like a scale or like a teeter totter. Like, so you want to have that thing and you, you fervently want it to succeed, but it's not working out right. So you're throwing what you have into it. You got to have some way to, to feed that. You got to have some way to feed the meter. So if you've got a day job or you have a, a marketable skill that you can do that can provide and sponsor that small channel or that niche uh, area, then great. Like the scale is heavy on the, I have to work for a living so that I can try to grow the other side of that scale was very small. If it stays that way, then it stays that way. You have a cool hobby. But if while you're providing, if the bigger part of that scale is providing for your hobby and your hobby starts to grow and it starts to grow, then eventually that scale will start tipping the other way where your hobby will eventually overtake your day job and you don't need to do your day job anymore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that scale is going to stay horribly skewed where work is high and your hobby is low. Sometimes it may be balanced kind of in the middle, which is a cool place to be sometimes or kind of a frustrating place to, when you have to make that decision. But it's like I get I got an email from a girl uh, yesterday that was like, I want to get into screen printing. Can you teach me about screen printing or I want to start my own screen printing business? Please tell me about screen printing. That, that, <laughs> is, like, a, that is a very <laughs> young person approach right now. I, I'd say millennial, well, but mil- it, this is after millennial, actually. But I think it's the same thing that, okay, you need to do something else before you start a screen printing business, like feed that business. And once that business starts to grow and you start to learn and you start to get orders and it eventually starts to overtake where it is taking up so much more of your time than the thing you were doing to make money to allow you to screen print, then boom, you're a screen printist. I mean, but I think it's the same thing with like the YouTube with, when it's not working. You can either look inside yourself and decide to 
to cut bait like I did because it wasn't providing me with anything and the amount of work it was going to take to get it anywhere was way more than I cared to put into it. But if I was like, I'll use delusional in the air quotes and I got, it's going to happen. I know it's going to happen. Then keep going. Just, you need to be aware that it it's not working. And if you're not getting paid, then you're going to end up homeless like I was. And so you find something that allows you to do that silly thing that you want to grow. And see, um, <laughs> I, I, I had to look at some of this at one point too. Um, I've already talked several times, you know, I went through school for art animation, but I was and still am not admittedly the best artist. Um, I'm not a born artist. I learned a lot of the skills I can draw, but almost everybody I was around was a better artist than I was. The only reason I was successful is because I, at one point I kind of sat down and looked at what my other skills were. And a lot of that actually started kind of revealing itself when I started teaching classes in college where teaching was my stronger suit or being a leader or being more on the director side than actually the artist side. And I think that that's kind of like that self-realization part that I was kind of referencing before. Um, so I guess maybe just making sure that that's kind of instilled in our kids too. Because, you know, I don't, I worry about getting to a point because as a father worrying about my kids being able to provide for themselves. And maybe that's where some of this, this initial question, even fear is coming from is looking at my kids interests. Okay. Are they going to be able to support themselves in the future with, you know, by doing that? And I think that's a lot of parents fear of why they want to push them and funnel them into a certain direction because there's always a worry about, okay, will they be able, will they be able to find a job? Will they be able to support themselves or are they destined to live in my house until they're 30? <laughs> what, what if they end up uh, becoming a top ranked public speaker and um, authority on flat earth? Oh, no. Get out of my house. You're, <laughs> you're disowned. Something you're else not, controversial like You're that. not my child. <laughs> That, that's a really as long as you make as long as you make money on it. That's good. a really interesting like. Well, okay, it depends. <laughs> it it depends. Okay, you are the the leading person of flat earther. Are you scalping these people for their money and there, you there don't you actually go, yeah. believe it? Are you conning these people? Then fine. If you're going to take money from people that stupid, I'm all for it. We're okay but with if, we're okay with our kids if, conning people as long as they're not a true believer. If you're wholeheartedly behind flat earth. Get out of my house. <laughs> okay, but I'll, I'll say this, and I have this on record now. I'd rather support the flat earthers than Scientology. So that, that's where I would draw the line. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'll give you that one. The moon landing didn't exist. That's what Deacon said. What do you say, Josh? The what? The moon landing. Oh, there you go. Let's put that on Josh. <laughs> the Mythbusters did it. He wrote a book on it. What'd you do this? What'd you do this Thanksgiving dinner? What'd you do this? This, uh, Last week, oh, I went to a conference in uh, Titusville and presented my paper about how the moon landing didn't happen. I'd want him to. Got interviewed. That'd be yeah, fun. my dad, Josh Price, used to tell me about the moon. Look, look through a telescope. What a bunch of bullcrap! People can't walk on there. You're just part of the studio, system, Dad. You're just listening to the man. Yeah, I don't know. 
I made myself a little sad saying all that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Josh, I don't know the, how I'd react. To I that. got hired by Mega Blocks. This is the quietest oh girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rebuilding. I mix all my sets together. <laughs> it's funny that that was worse to me. <laughs> The moon landing thing, I honestly, I'll go, well, you read a book that says they didn't. All I can do is give you books and interviews with people that just said they did. Megablocks is the next big thing. But Megablocks, that's, that's physically just a bad thing. <laughs> I go, that's great. Don't give me any of that. Expecting me to be in. happy because it ain't happening. Put in this big bin right here. Let's mix it make some hedgehog armor with my mega blocks. That's how your kids are going to troll you. They're going to put mega blocks in your Lego box. Yeah, they're going to cry when I throw them away. October. I'm going to tell mm-hmm. I'm going to tell Snapships to send them a box when they finally release, but have it full of a mega block set. You're going to be off color. I know. I know the color schemes. They're wrong. <laughs> mega blocks will buy out Snapship uh, Snapships. Oof. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, I know. I probably shouldn't have said that. I don't know. I got to give Mega Blocks credit for getting some of the properties they got, though. Yeah, they got some of the licensing. Hey, hey Halo, Halo and Destiny and uh, Star Trek, Call of Duty, Pokemon, Aliens, Pokemon. No, that's, no, that's Constructs, though, isn't it? It's Mega Constructs that has. Pokemon. No, no, that's that's the same company. Oh, is it the same company? Yeah, Mega yep. Constructs is a is a subs- subsidiary of Mega Bloks, and they're just doing these little figures here. It bugs me that they're using the Constructs name. Yeah, I've seen those. Yeah, that does bug me. Well, it's not It's not actually like what we grew up with, Constructs. No, I know, but they're spelling it the exact same way. Yeah. It's Fisher-Price, wasn't it? Yes. Yes, yeah, it, it was. was. Yeah. I miss those little glow-in-the-dark spacemen. Mm. Okay, so we talked a little bit about the career stuff. Just kind of finish up. Is there any activity that you're you're possibly as a kid's doing, even like for safety? I gave the example of football. I mean, are there any things you prefer they they not do? Well, I thought of something just now about kind of the previous, and maybe this one too. Okay, is like Bob's kids have made funny comments, um, but I would. I would stress that like, don't strive to be famous, mm-hmm. or don't strive to be in the limelight. Like, because I can see that it's futile. It's a waste of time. You're going to end up compromising yourself if that is your end game. Then what if your kid wants to be an actor? Because it's almost based on that exact notion. You know, why do you want to be an actor? Do you want to be an actor so that you can be famous or do you want to be an actor because you think that you're silly and you like to make people laugh or whatever? But I mean, if, if you're, if you want to be famous, like just to be famous and you're well, Logan Paul and all these other douches that compromise themselves all the time just to chase being famous, just to stay on top, just to stay relevant. Like it should not be your end goal to stay relevant. You must hate Hollywood then. I don't know anything about Hollywood. I've never been there. No, but I think it's really stupid that people spend their entire careers just to try to stay in a limelight. And then when they don't, they get massively depressed and then they have to go to rehab clinics and things just to try to chase this 
ever-present limelight. Looking at you, Brandon Fraser. Oh, you know, it's, no, I, I read that story. That was messed up what happened to him. Yeah, it's one of the reasons why I think I, I turned down any possible continued employment with the studio that I was working for. Is I just I didn't fit in because of that, that exact culture. No, no, if you just like the mechanics of making a movie and you enjoy the whole like management process of that, then that that that's cool. Loving movies is not a bad thing. But striving to just be famous or striving like I'm gonna get this many likes or this many follows or this many whatever's like you're chasing a non tangible, completely fleeting nothingness. That could be gone in a minute and then you're left with absolutely nothing. And I think that's sad because I know that like people have asked Bob if he's if his kids are like, are you famous? And he responds really awkwardly because he doesn't know what to say. He's like, no. I'm like, yeah, you are. He's like, but I'm not, though. And it's it's weird. Mm -hmm. And so his daughter mentioned something about wanting to start a YouTube channel or uh, weird little conversations. And so it's. It kind of got me thinking along that line, especially when you were talking about this, is maybe not a specific occupation, but like don't try to chase the accolades of other people because you're going to be left wanting constantly. In other words, don't live in California. Hmm. <laughs> Fair enough. Don't go chasing waterfalls, right? Mm. <laughs> no. I don't know. I was waiting for you to finish. I was waiting for TLC reference. Serving it up. <laughs> what are you guys geeking out do, about? If you can do two more legitimate TLC references this episode, I'll buy you dinner. Damn it. I don't know any more references other than that one line from the song. Can you name all three members? Yeah. Salt pepper shaker. Oh my god! Is it chili left eye or some? And tea balls. Did I actually get two of them? Yeah, you did. You got two out of three. I am so ashamed. <laughs> I am That's really an appetizer ashamed. and a dessert. There's a weird. Never mind. <laughs> so, anything else on this, or you guys want to go ahead and move into uh, geeking out? We're going to do Geeking Out. Though I'm not entirely sure what I'm geeking out about. I forget what I saw this week. I got a Lego Voltron. Shut up. For yourself? <laughs> no, Bob bought it for me. It was super nice. It was a surprise. Oh. oh. Yeah, because he bought one that we were going to put together, and then he got me one of my own. It was a fancy little gift. It's a You got a cool boss. Yeah, he's pretty all right. Pretty <laughs> spreadsheets. So. It's pretty mutual. I do spreadsheets. He gives me Voltron. What do you like better, the spreadsheets or the Voltron? Oh, I'll do that Voltron. It's ah, <laughs> <laughs> or like the yellow lion is first, and I think I'm through three bags, and it's not even done. Hmm. Damn, it's it's a pretty big set. Have you asked? Uh, hmm. There's not much in the world of TV stuff. Um, movie trailers. I don't know. I don't really have much in the line of that. 
it's been a slow week in terms of that. Catherine been has been out of town uh, pretty much for seven days. Oh. More or less. Um, she went out of town on the weekend, and then she went traveling for work Monday through Thursday today. Um, so, I mean, at night I should have had time to watch stuff, but there's really nothing to watch. So I've been I've been Twitch streaming again, so I guess I'm geeking out about that. I bought an old NES that I bought purposefully, uh, one that was broken. And it said it was broken because I wanted to use the shell for like another project. But I didn't want to take the chance that I couldn't fix it. So I bought a p- one of the little connector pieces that goes inside that is usually the common cause of one of these malfunctioning. Yeah, the zip connector. I, yeah. So I wanted to at least try it because I, I didn't want to have me tear apart a almost perfectly good working NES. Um, so I, I figured I'd repair it on stream or try to. So I took the thing apart. I put the connector piece on there. And as I was getting ready to button it back up, I just looked at the board and I noticed there were two points on the board where they had integrated circuits with the, uh, the leads that went down to the board. They were like, one of them was broken, like completely like missing. And then the other one was like pulled out where it goes up into the integrated circuit, like came out. So it was just like dangling. It's like, that's really weird. How does that happen? You know, that doesn't happen by itself. So I looked up that chip and it's like the, uh, region locking chip. So I think someone tried to mod the thing and either it didn't work or whatever. And I mean, they didn't try to sell me something that they said was working. So that's, you know, not bust on the seller at all. I hope. And when I got to that point, I was like, well, let me just try to fix it. You know, just a couple solder things. I try to jam the piece in there, and I almost hoped it wasn't going to work because I wanted it to be broken to use in a project. But I'll be damned, I fix the damn thing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so now what do I do? Like, how often does that house. happen? All right. So how, how often does that happen where you have a project where you hope something doesn't work <laughs> to your favor? Like that was an interesting kind of situation to be in. And I had one of the guys uh, from Make my contact that I know uh, met up a couple times, different maker fairs. He's the one that kind of got me into the maker share thing and got ultimately led to me getting my little project in the magazine. Uh, he was watching in the stream and stuff and he said it was quite fun to watch, which I thought was kind of cool. So I was geeking out about that and I've moved on to uh, my next project. I'm soldering a, I'm holding it up to the screen. This is a little portable projector that I'm hacking for a, project that involves this thing I'm holding up. If you were in the live chat, you would be able to see. Oh, cool. You're finally getting back to that. I was wondering. Yes. So, progress. Well, yeah. Hmm? That's the, uh, yeah. Okay. Yep. The cap, I've posted on my Instagram, my, uh, it's a Mario Cappy project. But it's using a projector and some other bits and pieces. I promised some people I'll get it done, so I need to do that. Have you marked next? I don't know. I'm actually, you know, what? I'm having a lot of fun. I don't know. I guess it's geeking out. I've been playing with Mesh Mixer, the software you cannot say and not sound drunk. 
Um, I've been messing around with this. I had a friend of mine ask me for a, uh, they needed a Dungeons and Dragons miniature and they wanted different weapons and stuff. So I'm, I'm playing around with, with this and it's actually a lot of fun figuring this out. There are some things I would like them to, some nitpicky things I think I would like them to change about the software, but it's all in all, it's, I'm having a blast messing with this model. But other than that, I've been watching a lot of IT videos and learning about the OSI model and stuff that is kind of boring. But <laughs> <laughs> I just remembered I saw Teen Titans Go. Have you guys seen that? Uh-huh. No. Teen Titans Go to the yeah, movies? Yeah, Josh, Josh saw it. Uh-huh. Amazing. I was very skeptical, and I loved it. Probably the best animated movie I've seen in a long time. It was really good. I liked the song. Hilarious. It was like a le- it was a love letter to all things superhero movies. And the songs were great, especially the one song that involved a car accident. Michael Bolton does a power ballad. So good. See, I probably never would have given that a, a you know a, a you know paid attention to it if you guys weren't recommending it. Neither yeah. did I. We went yeah. to go yeah, see oh, the live action Winnie the Pooh movie. Yeah. And I had oh. all three kids by myself, and I'm like, the two little ones are not going to care about this movie. I was like, Teen Titans Go is flashy, it's colorful and animated, and Deacon's like, oh, let's go watch that. And so they took a vote in the parking lot, and that's what they picked. And I was like, this movie is surprisingly yeah. awesome. If it's still in your theaters, it, there it's only in limited theaters around here now, but if you have it around, go see it. It's really good. Well, should you take your kids to go see it? Yep. Yeah, while Catherine was away, we went okay. to see it. They loved it. And you don't have to have watched the TV show to get anything, really. Oh, yeah. I, there's I, there's a couple drops that I thought they were referencing it. And, yeah, it's it's really good. There's some good cameos. <laughs> <laughs> there's little Easter eggs all in that thing for the the comic book fan and the comic book movie fan, especially. Oh, yeah. And it's a DC kind of movie. It's a DC property. So, like, they do not take themselves very seriously. And it's really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah, it's multi-layered for sure. Yeah, they make fun of DC Comics and DC Comic movies. It's really good. And Marvel is not safe either. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> Nor the Lion King and all kinds of other references that I never would have expected. <laughs> there was a uh, How It Should Have Ended. Did a little Teen Titans Go thing with like Superman and Batman in the cafe. Yeah. Oh, yes, I watched that. That was really good. I love that. The, the how it should have ended super cafes and the the villains pub are some of the greatest YouTube videos ever. They did honest trailers for Deadpool two, Deadpool two. That was really good. I recommend watching that. I didn't see the honest trailers. I saw the the how it should have ended. I still haven't seen either of those movies. Me either. I was a little upset with bits of Deadpool two, but. We'll save that for another episode. I'm geeking out about rediscovering everything for animation. Um, just kind of digging back in. And it really feels weird being on the other side where, you know, I was in the classroom learning all this, but now I'm turning around and delivering that same content to all my students. I'm at the high school level. And watching their their minds kind of get blown at a couple simple things, like talking about persistence of vision. 
and seeing their eyes kind of like wide and like, oh my God, what the hell? You know, how is that possible? And it's it's fun seeing that and making that kind of impact. So I guess that's my geeking out for the week. That's awesome. All right, so we would love to hear from all of you. Go ahead and check out our website, makinggeeks.com. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, you can leave it right there on the contact page. We would love to hear from you. And on the homepage of the site, you can listen to all of our past episodes. And be sure to take a moment and take a look at all the past guests we've had on the show. We've had quite a collection of people right there on makinggeeks.com. And you can find us across all the social medias on Instagram at Making Geeks Podcast and on Facebook and Twitter at Making Geeks. I would like to thank our patrons over at patreon.com slash Making Geeks for keeping us uh, going, basically. Their financial contributions help out more than they know. They let us do things that we normally wouldn't be able to do, like go to Maker Fair and get stickers and pay for bills. So thank you guys so much. And our top patron, Mr. Seth Williams, thank you buddy for your support. If you'd like to join the elite squad, head over to patreon.com slash making geeks. And if you'd like to reach out to any one of us individually, you can find Wes and all his work at geek smithing all over the internet. Sean's at geek builders. Mark is at asylum designs and I am at the PI workshop. I'd like to thank everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, if you have anything to add or to comment or some anecdotes, if your children have grown up doing something that you thought was super weird, but they're not prostitutes or drug dealers, let us know so that we can get some frame of reference. <laughs> I think we need some help from the audience on this one. I agree. Yeah, and if your if your kids are prostitute and drug dealers, let us know how you're how you're holding up. Did they do any market analysis? Because I'm I'm pretty sure they would be they. It'd capture a little bit more market share if they did use spreadsheets. I'm just saying. Are you offering it to help? <laughs> no. Just direction, because I feel like kids like that might not have had any direction. Might not be very fluent in Excel in that line of work, but might be able to steer them in the right direction. Excel for anyway. <laughs> uh If you want to listen to the show, you can get it, subscribe on iTunes on the Google Play Store, Stitcher, all those places, and it'll come to your phone or computer every Saturday. And if you want to hang out with us in the live chat, that's every Thursday evening at around 9, 9.30-ish on YouTube. You can look up Making Geeks, and you can find us there. And you can come play around. You can add to the conversation. Uh, we would like to come see you, or we would like you to come see us. Uh, but we hope you have a fantastic week. Take care, folks. Later, guys. See ya.
Thank you.